What's up, nerds, politics, people, and citizens of our democracy? I'm Ian Shapiro, and you are listening to Politics Explained. So we've got Trump Jr. stuff, uh, FBI uh, director replacement stuff going on today. But I also want to take a moment to talk about the importance of political elites, right? We usually think of them as like high up in their, you know, Congress and their White House, and they don't really understand the way that we think and the things that we go through every day. Uh, you can see evidence of this uh, from past presidents, things like, well, Obama eats Dijon mustard on his sandwiches, or George H.W. Bush can't even tell you the current price of a gallon of milk, right? We think that these individuals are disconnected from us and what we go through every day, and our response to that is say, you know, drain the swamp, throw the rascals out, give us someone who's like us, give me someone I can have a beer with, give me someone who has lived down in the flyover state trenches with me. And I bring up the topic of elites because... Well, being non-elite was one of the defenses that I heard uh, in response to Donald Trump Jr.'s interactions and meeting with a Russian government-affiliated lawyer. So essentially people said, like, well, he, he's not really a political type. He doesn't understand what these types of meetings mean, uh, even though everyone in politics definitely knows that you should never, ever, ever, uh, you know, uh, just wholeheartedly jump into a meeting with someone who could have, you know, damaging information for our democracy, you know, handed to them by the Kremlin. First of all, the Kremlin is a terrifying name, right? Why would you name your government that? Yes, we are a democracy. Sorry, that's a really bad Russian accent. I only know it from, like, terrible video game adaptations with, like, racist portrayals of Russians. So apologies if you have anyone uh, who in your family from Russia. Or if you're offended by, you know, people who are accidentally being offensive. Sorry about all that. I don't know why I did that. The point is, why would you name your government the kremlin right maybe uh maybe i'll look just hold on a second i'm actually gonna pause to figure out if it has any like democratic patriotic meaning to it hey i'm back uh turns out kremlin doesn't have any kind of crazy awesome patriotic democratic meaning it actually uh means fortress inside a city which is about as authoritarian sounding as you can get for a government office. Anyway, back to political elites. During the 2016 presidential campaign, one of Donald Trump's pillars to make America great again was to hashtag drain the swamp. This essentially meant get rid of the moneyed, elite, entrenched interests in Washington, and you'll be able to get the voices and ideas of the people back into American democracy and our governing institutions. However, Trump misses, well, his logic just has a fatal flaw in it. He essentially says that with things like turnover uh, that's more frequent and term limits, you're going to get fewer corrupt individuals. However, I would propose a 
different perspective. And that is, there's a lot of interest groups, there's a lot of organized interests in Washington who want to lobby and help write legislation and make sure that the things they want and are good for their industries and their interests are in those pieces of legislation. So the more individuals in Congress who you have who have been in Congress for a long time and have been able to build up expertise and a repertoire of different policy areas, the less likely these individuals are to go directly to lobbying groups that will then basically write the legislation for them. As opposed to if you are a freshman congressman, you want to get something done, but you don't know where to start, you're going to go to the people who have resources and information, and those are the organized interests. And those are the people who are going to be most likely to pull your strings, so to speak. So by having things like term limits and getting newer people in there faster, you lose expertise and institutional knowledge in the governing process, and you're going to end up, ironically, with more basically outside influence by big moneyed corporations, interests, what have you. Hey everyone, it's Ian Shapiro, the host of Politics Explained on Anchor and also on iTunes. Man, Anchor's really cool because it is an app that you can put on your phone. It's 100% free. You can record audio. You can assemble that audio into episodes. And then you can, with the click of a human finger onto an iPhone or Android. Oh, I'm really bad at this. It's really easy to make podcasts. It's even easier than making commercials for podcast apps. I'm living proof of that. Anyway, thanks for checking out the show. There was a little uh, small part so far where there was a little bit of buzzing. If you noticed that, apologies. I got a new mixer, so I'm still fiddling with that, getting all the levels correct. Hopefully, I'm coming in crispy smooth. Uh, I'm actually recording uh, this current one in the app so that you can see what the difference is between uh, basically just doing stuff on your phone and also having like hundreds of dollars worth of equipment. And here's the takeaway. There's not a huge difference between all of them. It's crazy, right? Anyway, if you're listening to this on Anchor, make sure to favorite Colin if you have any questions. If you're listening to this on Google Play or iTunes, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you can get new stuff each and every day. Uh, also, don't forget to you know favorite it, subscribe, and maybe write a nice little note to me. Uh, encourage me to stay in the trenches of reading everything and anything about politics and then bringing it to you. Uh, anyway, that's all the time I have for now. I'm going to get back to the stories of the day. So let's go back to the politics. I would make the argument that lack of expertise is not what we need in American politics and especially not in government. And sadly, that's kind of what the Trump administration is bringing to Washington, D.C. So when your failures are because of not having enough political experience, I mean, yes, you can say, well, it's because they're not politically experienced, but that doesn't mean that everything else you're doing is a good job. Uh, Let me give you an example of how expertise is being taken out of the political process in more way than one. There is a movement going on uh, basically by the Silicon Valley community called the WTF movement. It's the latest in a series of efforts to create what are web-based democracy platforms to try to circumvent the role of parties in our democracy 
And like I said, it's led by tech companies and, you know, like Mark uh, Pinnis and Reid Hoffman. These guys are the founders of Zynga and LinkedIn, respectively. Aside from some of their strange stated tactics, like getting money to put up billboard-based political messages, uh, they have a general argument, which is that they'd like to see political outsiders or politicians who are ready to put the people ahead of their careers into office. This puts forth the idea that politicians' ambition, it's not really a compatible thing with pursuing the public good. But like we talked about earlier, ambition can be a public good, because if you want to be an ambitious congressman or senator, you want to make sure that, you know, you have an incumbency advantage that is based in the fact that you are irreplaceable. You are an expert in a particular subject so that you can be a leading member on the committee that, uh, you know, decides legislation on that subject so that you can bring home the bacon to your constituents instead of having that subject be dominated by special interests. See, even ambition by greedy politicians can, you know, move forward the public good. Groups like the WTF movement are embracing the idea that underneath elite corrupt squabbling, there exists a populist unity of principles and interests that people will gather behind, and that we will have peace, prosperity, and safety in our nation if only, if only we could throw these rascals out of office. But I would argue that elites also have these goals of peace, prosperity, and safety. The big question is, how do we get there? And that's where we begin to see our partisan political divides take place. And I can guarantee you, those divides about how to get there don't just exist among elites. They exist between you, me, our friends, neighbors, co-workers. That's right, the citizens of the United States. Hey, what's going on, Ian? This is uh, Ryan from Mouthwords giving you a call in in regards to the uh, elite politicians you're referring to. Although I think you make some good points, um, I do think that it works in the benefit for lobbyists to have guys in there or gals uh, for long periods of time because it allows them to feel out uh, their special needs and interests and allows them to, I guess, lobby them even easier. But uh, my thought is, man, just what if we make lobbying illegal? What if we just make it illegal for these companies to come in, give these uh, folks large amounts of money to sway politics their direction? Um, that's my vote. Just throwing it out there. Another way of saying a world without lobbying is like saying a world without representation. Lobbyists exist because there were a group of people at some point who came together with an interest that they shared and said, hey, we can work together and it's easier for our voices to be heard by our representatives than if each one of us uh, had our separate voice, you know, trying to yell at Washington from very far away. That said, you probably notice that, you know, um, the Washington lobbyist establishment, as Schatzschneider would say, you know, 
the heavenly chorus sings with a distinctly upper-class accent, essentially saying in very flowery terms what we all tend to know. The more assets or resources or individuals at your disposal that you have as a particular organized interest, the more likely it is that your voice is going to be disproportionately heard, right? So your voice can be heard and it may not be proportional to the actual number of people who hold that interest. It may be uh, proportional to your assets or your wealth or your power in society. It may reflect socioeconomic status, right? Your cultural place in society of all things. So I totally know what you're getting at, but just saying we should make lobbying illegal basically removes voice from a lot of individuals in the United States who need that voice to be heard so, so badly. Well, I hope you all had fun talking about political elites. I'm sure we'll get to this topic again because it basically can filtrate into just about every discussion of politics and our democracy. You know, what's the place of the people in a democracy? You know, are their voices really filtered through uh, their representatives and, you know, spoken within the walls of government, all that stuff. Uh, but this is going to do it for us for now on Politics Explained. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, uh, favorite on Anchor. Uh, tell your friends about it, right? Is there anyone, you know, you got someone like, man, there's a lot of politics going on. You're like, yeah, all that politics is pretty crazy. You're like, how do you figure it out? It's like, well, I just listened to Ian Shapiro on Anchor on Politics Explained. And they're going to be like, what's that? And then you're just going to like, throw out your phone and show them me, I guess. Wow, that was a really nice thing of you to do. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope you have a great day. You are listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Trash can dog get me.